And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and you're very welcome to another edition of the We Are Me podcast with Davey Rispin and Mickey Brennan. And again, Davey, I suppose we thought things were going to slow down a little bit this week, but uh, uh, there's been plenty of action with the minors out in the 2021 uh, Leinster Championship. We had the ladies out in the All-Ireland Championship. We had the Camogues out in the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship. And we had the under-20 hurlers out in the All-Ireland uh, under-20B All-Ireland semi-final so while we thought things were maybe been slowing down a bit on the county front, there's absolutely loads going on. And I suppose the thing about that is the under, the under, or the minors, with them just after playing an All Ireland semi final. Obviously, it was last year's under um, minor semi final only a couple of weeks ago. We thought that things might slow down a bit, but just straight away, the the lads are out again in this year's Leinster um, minor uh, championship, and uh, again put up a, a great stern performance against the loud side who had had a couple of games under their belt. Yeah, very much so, Mickey. They were they were excellent as the game wore on. They got better and better as it progressed. And I think when you look at sort of me, they've been blowing teams away for fun in challenge matches and that. And there's obviously a marked difference between challenge matches and competitive championship football. And that probably was in evidence in the first half of that game against Loud. They'd come off the back of comfortable enough wins in their first couple of outings. And that was Mead's first taste of it. And yet, I suppose you have... You have the likes of Sean Emanuel, Kelly, Mossy Corbett, Jack Kinlock coming back from last year's minors. So it's always going to take a little bit of time to bed themselves back in. And it probably took that first half for them to do it. But as I say, second half, they were just magnificent. They completely outplayed loud, dominated the game and put in a magnificent second half performance, which will stand them in good stead. Like that's so much better now that they've had a, a test going into a Leinster final versus, you know, winning by 15 or 20 points. I think it'll, it'll really help them. Yeah, I, well, we'll, we'll stick with that. We, we'll start with the minors and we'll continue all through the ladies, camogues and under 20s and whatever. But I uh, I know a man who's in the, the loud camp and they were very, very uh, confident about this year's uh, minor championship. They're a really, really good team. A lot of players with um, top quality soccer background as well coming into the team. They've been dual stars, we'll say, between soccer and Gaelic over the last number of years. And this is a team that they thought could go all the way in Leinster. Yeah, and, and they played like it, to be honest with you, Mickey. I was really impressed by them now. And, and fair enough, Mead came out the right side of it, but that's a bloody good loud side. And I just noticed there was a couple of interesting spectators below me. Peter Fitzpatrick, of course, the former loud manager, was just below the press box. But even more interesting was Mickey Hart sitting in the stand in Navin um, looking at the future loud stars. And you'd have to say for them, the future definitely looks bright. But to bring it back closer to home, you know, in, in fairness to Mead, when the questions were asked them, you know, and, and they were, you know, they were, what were they? Um, two points down at half time. Two points down at half time, and they were four down at one stage in the in the, in the first half and yeah. um, they never panicked, you know, for, for such young players with pressure on them because there's been a lot of talk, ourselves included, have sort of talked this Mead team up for a few weeks now and they, they completely uh, went out and, and, produced a really mature second-half performance and uh, played some lovely football along the way. Yeah, trailed at half-time seven points to one goal and six. Um, so they contained Loud to five points in the second half and kicked one-eighth themselves. So that's not a bad return from, from a minor team, as you said, that you know at minor level it can be very difficult. You, know, you don't know what you're going to get, but these lads seem to be mature, as were this or last year's uh, minor team, very, very mature. Uh, group of lads and showed their steel in the second half and they've set up a mouthwatering tie um, where they'll face against uh, face off against Dublin 
in the Leinster final, that game in Tullamore next weekend, the bank holiday weekend. So um, again, we get to meet the old, old foes again, Davy. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some really interesting quotes from uh, manager Carlo Brick, which you'll hear across on the Loyal Royals podcast about, you know, the importance of trying to maintain that Indian sign over Dublin at minor level, which we've established over the last number of years, Mickey. So, um, yeah, they came through a really tough test themselves against Kildare, a game in which I didn't see it. But Keith Fitzsimons, a regular listener to the podcast, watched that game back. He says it was a really weird game in the sense that Dublin dominated for large parts but almost ended up losing it. Really efficient, typical of a lot of Dublin teams at minor and under 20 level. We see senior, they probably produce a little bit more class, but um, it's a great opportunity for this mid team. It really, really is. And as you said, the couple of senior players in the second half, they were the lads that sort of came to the fore, really sort of grabbed the whole of the game, if you will, and and took me away from those choppy waters. Liam Kelly, um, and, and Sean Emanuel, who in fairness was quiet at times in the first half, he had a couple of great contributions in the second. Yeah, Davy, where did he line out? Like, was he wing forward or was he midfield? Uh, you know, it was hard to gauge. He, he was centre forward. Um, and again, we spoke to him, which you'll hear the interview as well. And, you know, he had some interesting comments himself on where he would rather play in that. And, you know, it's very interesting for the likes of those fellas because they're coming on, on the back of a team with John McCarthy coming into a new team with a new manager with different methods and a different way of playing, it's difficult for those guys to try and adjust to what it's been like for the last 18 months with, say, John, if you will. So, um, fascinating, really. He played at centre-forward. I I like him in midfield. I do. I think I think he gives you a little bit more there. He's probably not a natural 40 yards man. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what the lads do with him, but he's the type of fella that will give you a, a significant contribution regardless of where he's put. Yeah, he was instrumental in in everything that Mead did in my, in the minor of 2020. Obviously, mm. this year, but still playing at centre forward for for the 2021 team. Um, was it Paul Wilson and Jack Kinlock that were midfield um, for 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 Mead on on the weekend? It was two two big physical fellas, like for for 17 years of age. You know, they're big men. They can play football as well. They contributed three points from play between them in the middle of the field. We actually lost Paul Wilson for a time in that first half, and it was a real double whammy, Mickey, because Loud got a goal, and subsequently the referee who was playing the advantage for a body check um, came back to Paul Wilson, gave him a black card, and uh, we conceded the goal as well. But as I say, never really panicked, and those fellas who might have been under the cosh in the midfield in the first half were absolutely sensational in the second. They completely dominate those exchanges. Yeah, and uh, as you said, you know, it sets up this mouthwatering tie with Dublin and, and to keep the Indian sign over them. It's next weekend. Um, on our Loyal Royals podcast this week, we will have a full in-depth review of the minor semi-final against Loud um, with interviews with the current minor manager, which is Carlo Brick, and Sean Emanuel and Huey Corcoran. Uh, to the stars from that minor team. So, um, you know, if you want to hear those interviews and get that in-depth um, uh, minor review, head on over to Patreon forward slash We Are Mead and you will be able to get those interviews. Davy, we'll move on and uh, we'll talk about the ladies next. Um, what a performance. Um, Mead, 118, Tipperary, seven points. And it's just week on week these girls are like we've like I, I sound like a broken record but like they're getting better week on week they really really are and what a performance they put in now okay like you could turn around and say that Tipperary or Miss Ashley Maloney obviously she did her uh, cruciate earlier this year in the league against Dublin and she's a fantastic talent do they depend on her too much is that the problem with uh, with, with Tipperary because while Mead have stars, you know, they don't have an out-and-out Ashleen Maloney. We've got like seven or eight Ashleen Maloneys. We we do, and, and it showed, Mickey, because in many scenarios, I only watched the game back as well, it was a game of two halves, and you might look at me with four yeah. heads as much to say, what are you on about? The scoreline was 118-7. to seven. If you look at the chances created for Mead in the first half versus the chances created for Tipperary in the second, you'll find they were very even in terms of what they created. But the wide count and the missed 
the amount of missed opportunities for Tipperary in the second half versus what Mead did in the first half, chalk and cheese. Um, and you're right, Stacey Grimes, Nevo Sullivan, and in particular Emma Duggan in that first half, Mickey, absolutely sensational, the score she kicked. And then Vicky Wall steps in and, and does her thing in the second half. You know, so you suddenly you have four or five scorers. Megan Thine comes on, gets a point. Orla Lally contributed a couple of points as well. So, um, and Tipperary as well, they were so wasteful. They were really on top for about, I would say 20 minutes of that second half. But what did they score? Maybe three or four points in that time. They kicked about five or six wides. And in fairness, Monica McGurk made two really, really smart stops too. Yeah, I was I was just going to say, while you mentioned all those girls and said that they were instrumental, but like again, we have to go back to Monica McGurk and the saves that she pulled off. Like She's, she's such an important part of this team. She is. And, and I suppose in the last couple of years, to the defenders' credit, we haven't really been singing our praises in terms of shot stopping. It's been more distribution, uh, restarts, you know, handling and stuff. But she was called into action on a couple of different occasions at the weekend, um, and she came up trumps with with a couple of magnificent stops. Um, you know, she's she's probably for me. Um, the best goalkeeper in the country at the moment. Yeah. And I remember saying a couple of weeks ago that Emma, that Emma Troy was not just the best in me at the minute, but she's arguably one of the best in the country. I think that's... She, she's a shoe-in for an All-Star already, put in another player of the match performance and was, as you said, as you termed it, sorry, instrumental in all that was good about that Mead performance, particularly yeah. in the first half. Yeah, and, and, and like like getting up the field and contributing on the scoreboard as well, and, and and yet still doing her defensive duties with a plum. Like you know, like this, she's just an incredible talent. She is, and I, I not to preempt things, but I reckon she might have a different task on her hands next weekend when they come up against Armagh. Um, I, I have a feeling she might just have to do. She might just have to sacrifice her offensive game a little bit more to curtail a certain uh, individual who'll be on the opposition team. Yeah, the, the, looking forward to that Armagh game. That that uh, that game obviously next weekend is the quarter final of the All Ireland, which is absolutely brilliant to be saying that me they're playing in an All Ireland uh, ladies quarter final uh, senior. You know, like full All Ireland and uh, takes place next weekend. The bank holder. We're not sure if it's going to be the thirty first first or the second so we don't know if it's Saturday, Sunday or Monday just yet but um, you know they are coming up against a good Armagh side but there's no reason why they can't go out yes they've got uh, Amy Macklin and I think Amy might even have a sister on that team as well um, uh, in Armagh that is a really good prospect but Mead won't fear them Mead won't fear them and you know they beat them last year in the league albeit without that talismanic figure of Amy Mack and um, she hit 3-7 at the weekend against Mayo Mickey which is astonishing you know and yeah. if, if Mead can I'm not going to say stop her but if they can some way curve her influence then Mead have more than enough in terms of their own forward department to, to pose enough questions for this Armagh side and you have to say at the end of the day the ultimate goal of this year was to stay up that's now been achieved so I would suggest this is sort of bonus territory for Mead they have a yeah. league um, title and league medal in their back pocket already so I, I would fancy them to go up and have a right good go at this. Um, and I mean, to get to an All-Ireland semi-final in your first year at senior football would would be just a massive achievement for uh, for the county. Yeah, it really would. And, and we wish uh, Eamon Murray and the girls the very best luck next weekend. We will have a full review again on our Patreons, uh, uh, our Patreon service, our Loyal Royals podcast, and we will have interviews from the Mead camp for that one as well later in the week. So um, it'll be a, a review and maybe even a preview of that All-Ireland quarter final. Uh, Davy again, moving on. Again, more good results this weekend. Uh, the Camogues out on Sunday, 119, Dublin 110 in the All-Ireland Intermediate Championship. And uh, next up was Carlo for the girls. But what a performance again by the girls coming up against a, a, a Dublin side who they narrowly beat earlier uh, this year in the league. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a bit of a, a strange one, to be honest, which I wouldn't say was by Mead's best performance I've seen by any matter means. But they were efficient. And they led from pillar to post. They never really looked back. Dublin rarely troubled them. Now, there is a little bit of a disclaimer with this. They did play at Dublin a couple of weeks ago in a challenge match and they blew them away. You know, they, they absolutely trounced them minus a few key individuals. And um, you're right, the league game um, over in Crumlin, I was at it. You know, it was That's a right, weird yeah. game. 11 points to eight. Dublin didn't score from playing that game. It was eight frees that um, 
that uh, Comerford, uh, not not Comerford, <laughs> can't think of the girl's name, centre forward for Dublin hit that day. Um, so so Mead would have been aware of what they posed, but the bigger pitch in Park Talton definitely played to their advantage, Mickey. The wide expanse of spaces, they were able to do a little bit more running down the channels and pull the Dublin defence apart. And um, to be honest with you, the game was probably wrapped up after after 15, 20 minutes, I would have said. Um you know, very hot conditions in Navin, but but a really professional job. They did sort of lose their way at times in the second half. There was changes made, and that gives some scope to improve, obviously, but they'll be pleased, you know, on the back of that league campaign, which, which to be honest with you, I felt they were getting better and better as it, as it was going. Um, they'll be really happy to to get an opening day win under their belt. Yeah, um, 110 to 1-3 at the interval, leaving by seven points, and um, you know, Jane Dolan to the four, Amy Gaffney as well uh, with four points. But then, you know, Aoife Minogue, Megan Tyne, Christina Troy, Sinead Hackett, Tracy King and Aideen Slattery all chipping in with scores as well. Yeah, very much so. And like you mentioned, it, two of those players didn't start. So, you know, the captain, Christina Troy and the ever influential Megan Tyne, you know, were kept in reserve and only introduced in, in the second half, which kind of speaks volumes for it. And I know Brendan has been doing a lot of work to try and bulk up the panel and to, to make their bench a little bit more effective. And, you know, there was no, according to Brendan, there was no injuries or anything. It was purely tactical and rotation and everything like that. So that tells you the competition for places within that squad. But two players that spring to mind, as you said, Amy Gaffney and Jane Dolan, one ten between between them. Jane stuck the penalty away with consummate ease. I know she's been struggling with them and um, we've had a bit of crack with her on that but <laughs> to be fair it was a brilliant penalty an absolute rocket past the goalkeeper and Amy Gaffney just loves playing in Navin. She loves the space, loves running down the channels and she's so accurate um, brilliant performance by her. I'd say she was probably the player of the match on reflection um, and there's still plenty more to come from them. You know, Aoife Minogue hit a couple of outstanding long range frees um, really good performance from her. And then, as you said, Tracy King, the marauding and raiding wing back, along with Sinead Hackett, the veteran, and Aideen Slattery playing in a newfound position in the corner. Did well. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, we will have a full review and interviews with Brendan Skeen, the manager, Sophie Payne, Sophia Payne, the corner back, and Amy Gaffney, the um what position does Amy even play anymore? She should be corner forward, centre forward, half forward. She's just one of those um, very versatile players. And we have interviews with all of them on our Loyal Royals podcast later in the week. Um, Davey, uh, oh yeah, the, the, obviously they, they come up, Brendan Skeen and the girls come up against Carlo next weekend in their second of their group games. Their last game will be against Galway in, uh, uh, in, in, in the intermediate group stage. So if they get a win next week against Carlo, they're all but through to the next uh, stage of the of the championship. Uh, David, we'll move on. The under-20 hurlers, the men, uh, they were out in the All-Ireland semi-final and they beat down, it's the All-Ireland B under-20 championship, they beat down on a scoreline of 3.18 to 2.12. And again, a great second half performance from the lads. Yeah, brilliant. They've gone from strength to strength, to be honest, which at 3.18 is a magnificent scoreline to put up. Um, a lot of this team were probably... Uh, disappointed with how last year petered out in a minor capacity in the Padder Lahan when they were beaten late on, you know, at home against, uh, or sorry, in Navin. Um, so to get back into a final a year on in under 20 is a, is a brilliant achievement. You have a mix of, I suppose, that minor team and players coming on from, from the year previous as well. Um, and yeah, they'll be delighted. I, I don't think there's a fixture for this, Mickey, yet. And there is a possibility, I believe, that this might even delay the start of club championships in Mead and stuff like that as well because of the consequence of it not being played next week. But so be it, if that's the case, great that they're in the final and, and good to see Mead hurling continuing on the upward trend and the momentum that they've probably generated in recent weeks. Yeah, absolutely. We wish them the very best of luck as they face Derry in that All-Ireland B uh, championship final and as we said no fixture for that yet and it may even play havoc with the uh, starting of the uh, the championships in need and Davy, can you believe it we're at the end of July nearly and you know championship really is only around the uh, around the corner like uh, club championship yeah yeah it's it's phenomenal you know and there's obviously the, the group stages now the cup competitions have finished Mickey so there's a lot of semi-finals, finals, backlog of finals from last year to be played over the next week or two. Like, take St. Vincent's, for example. They're playing the 2020 um, Tulta Cup final of last year. 
next week and then on Bank Holiday Monday they're playing the 2021 Talta Cup final um, as well so they have two Talta Cup finals in the space of five or six days which is remarkable but such is the year that last year was there's still plenty of football to be played between now and the start of the, the club championships yeah absolutely there really is plenty of football but uh, only for the teams that are still involved Davy. Absolutely, yeah, and, and sadly, yeah, sadly, we're we're not one of them. Well, Corton definitely aren't. I know Simon said of a big semi final, uh, next Wednesday night, I think, isn't it against Peter's Mine? Yeah, we'll be coming to that soon. Don't you worry. Um, and we'll be doing our predictions. But uh, um, what we might do, Davy, if you have the results in front of you, I don't know if you do, but we might go to the results uh, first if you want to have a look at them. But yeah, championship just around the corner. Cup competitions to be finished from last year. Cup competitions from this year to be finished. And then we will be getting ready for uh, the um, the start of the championships, the club championships across me. Of course, the Premier Championships and everything are still in full flow. So, lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible. And if that isn't your cup of tea, Automore from your phone. Automore also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automore dealer, on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard, County Mead. Davey, I don't know. Do you have the results there in front of you now? I, I do, Mickey. I have the results from last Wednesday night, which was Wednesday, 21st of July. We'll start in the Fesh Cup for a change this week. So we will go to Group A first and foremost. And a big statement of intent in Dunboyne where the, I suppose, the, the old rivals clashed. St. Peter's Dunboyne and Gail Columkill, but it was St. Peter's Dunboyne with a res- resounding 316 to 13 point win over Gail Columkill Kells. So real statement of intent. And if you thought that was big, Wait till you hear the next result, Mickey. Manalvi, yeah. county men back at the back in the squad and integrated again. One thirteen to Summerhill, and Summerhill have been on fire lately. Ten points, so a massive win uh, there for Manalvi. And just before I get your feedback, the last game again disappointing. I know I sort of probably threw the boot in last week, but Curraha giving another walk over to Dunchoklin. Um, last week it was uh, you know we spoke about it, but I I, I was well informed that they were going to field and. I won't say who, but someone within the Curraha club tipped me off to say he thought that Curraha would actually beat Dunshocklin on Wednesday night. They, they didn't get close to beating them because they didn't even show up to play. So uh, Dunshocklin, no no use for them either. They probably would have liked to have had another game under their belt, but it wasn't to be a walkover for Dunshocklin. That one. Yeah, um, St. Peter's Dunboyne and uh, Gelcon Kill Kells, Davy. You know, is it time to look at this and say that maybe... The fact that Kells have had two players involved at the county team this year, that it really has not helped them out at all. Yeah, I, I, I possibly, quite possibly. Um, or is it just a hangover from last year and the way in which it finished? Because I suppose after the Summer Hill game, Mickey, which was the big eye-opener really for many people, they won their next two, but, you know... Stuttered. Stuttered, stuttered exactly. Yeah. And that's the way yeah. we described it. You know, they not convincing, did enough... But that's not the Gail Column Kill we know and love. And this, for me, was just a massive game, psychologically as much as anything, because county men were back for Kells, they were back for Dunboyne. Um, but, but yeah, Dunboyne absolutely laid it down to them. And, uh, you know, my tip for the championship, I got my money down last week before the game uh, on Wednesday night and before prices were cut after that, because the bookies were running scared after this. That was a really big statement of intent and the scoreline in which they put up as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've been talking to a couple of the Dunboyne lads and, and, and you know, they're, they're missing a few at the moment. I believe Bradley, though, is, is, is really uh, standing out for them at the moment. He's putting in some really good performances. He's, he might be uh, on the scoreboard as much as, as, as they maybe like him to be or whatever, but he's just a great link player and uh, he's having a huge influence on the team at the moment. Yeah, very much so. And, and there's no Robbie McCarthy either. So, you know, yeah. th- there's definitely positions up for grabs. But you look at it, you know, you have the McEntees come back in, Seamus Lavin, um, Donald Lennon is flying too. Um, th- th- they're going to be a formidable enough outfit, Mickey. I think it's a wide open championship. You can still make a case for four or five, maybe even six teams if you want to go and give a, an outside bet to the likes of Manalvi. Why wouldn't you? You know, so um, it's going to be a really exciting couple of weeks leading up to the start of the championship. 
And just on the Minalvi Summerhill one, this is one that I said to you last week when we were uh, previewing it that with, with the players all back in Minalvi, like they could really give them a run. And we saw the game between them last year, a game that maybe Minalvi, you know, let slip through their hands and maybe there was a bit of revenge on, on the cards here for Minalvi. They weren't going to let it happen again. No, no, and, and they relish playing in Summerhill, Mickey. There's no fear factor at all. I know Summerhill boasts a decent enough record against them, but they, they just love playing them, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's a really good rivalry, um, local derby, obviously, as well, and it just shows how much of a different animal they are with the county man, I, you know, Harn and Killian O'Sullivan. You have Marco Sullivan as well coming back from the hurlers too. They make a huge difference, but uh, great, great win for them. Yeah, and just the other game in that one was Dunmore Ashburn and Navin Matneys, and that was postponed, well, cancelled due to a bereavement, and I don't think that'll be played again. It wasn't going to affect the tables in any way. We'll move on, Davey, to Group B. Yeah, Group B, there was uh, some homework to be sorted in this one, and uh, by Jesus, did Wolf Tones do their homework on Simonstown, Mickey? It finished Simonstown 12 points, Wolf Tones a whopping Four seventeen, so a massive win for the Tones there and, and local bragging rights as well, like Minalvi. Um, new manager on screen. We spoke about it last week that uh, the, the they were managerless as we had it last week. But Liam Harnan, former screen manager, has stepped back into the breach. Um, and he opened up with a defeat, but what you could class as sort of a morale boost in defeat if there's such a thing. They yeah. went down to the uh, county champions were told 210 to 212, but the trail by seven or eight points at one stage of that and came roaring back. So plenty of heart to be taken from that. Centralstown um, defeated Balnabracchi in a scoreline of 4-8 to 110. So the goals proven decisive there. And the final game in Group B last week was St. Column Kills 216, Nafina 211. Yeah, as was the two to pull out of that are the Simonson and Wolf Tones and Screen with Holt game. Um, Simonson, we spoke about this game last week and said, you know, the, the big expansive field Simonson would, would would suit the Simonson players. It didn't turn out that way at all. And Wolf Tones cruised to victory there uh, by 17 points. Top of the table clash and it was to, to, der- to determine who would go through in first and who would go through in second because uh, Simonson hadn't played Balanabraki but got the points. But Wolf Tones had the head-to-head up to them against them um, at the top of the table so they went through in first place and then Screen and Withhold yeah absolutely you have to say that Screen you know um, full full value for for, for for this narrow defeat and that they can take a morale it's a morale boosting defeat as you said um, I'm just not sure about Withhold Davey I'm really not sure this year with all the players okay and they've got a lot involved in county and whatever it's going to be a quick turnaround they have a lot of work to do before the championship starts, basically. I, I like they they're not even with the strength and depth that they have, Davy. Um, and we spoke about the McGowan brothers being back from the hurlers and whatever. Now they do have what four or five to come in from the mid senior footballer team. I, I, I just I still think that they'll be there and there or thereabouts. But if they meet a Dumboyne or someone like that, maybe even a Simonstown in a quarter final, semi final, it's not going to be easy for them. No, I, I would I would 100% agree with you. I don't think they're going well. I think they're, I wouldn't say they're sitting ducks to be beaten, but you know, Dubai know how hard it is to do three in a row in me. It's nigh on impossible. You know, I think Dunchocklin were the last side to do it back in the early noughties. Um, extremely difficult task facing them. They, they need to get it going. Now, Granted, you could say, right, they probably haven't had their full hand to play with yet. And, you know, you don't want to be peaking anyway in July. So that's fine, but they're going to be under the cosh because they're going to have that mark on the back, as you say, and it is going to be a question of when they play a Dunboyne, when they play a Simonson, when they play a Gilcom Kill. You know, do, do they have the answers? We shall see. They're still picking up results. You know, they, they finished with seven points from seven games. You'd say, right, okay, it's it's not brilliant, but they still did okay. The only, um, you know, the, the, plenty of lads to come back the, the Simon Sound and Wolf Tones game it's more just the, the margin of the victory which is the yeah. talk combined in that as you said there was nothing to play for Tom Gavigan got a hat-trick in that game as well he looks like a real prospect um, rugby background there he got 3-2 I think on the night um, and, and then the other ones a word for Sanchez I suppose they've yeah. you know inconsistently consistently inconsistent but they've strung together a couple of results finished third in the group which is probably something that they can take solace of going into championship and again they weren't operating at full strength either so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on those yeah absolutely and and from the first cup results there were seven games we both got five out of five Davy. the two that we got wrong were the Summerhill 
uh, Minalvi game and the Sinistown Wolf Tones game. So uh, five out of seven. We'll move on now to Cornabonia. I think there was four um, games at the Cornabonia. Yeah, Mickey, Cornabonia. So into Group C, which was, I believe, the only group that there was games played in last week yeah. because all the other groups were sewn up at this stage. Um, it finished Kilmainham 112, Longwood 313. Drumbarra picked up, I think it was their third, possibly even their fourth win on the trot when they beat Dundry 2-11 to 1-8. Um, Moila conceded for the second, uh, I think for the second week running, wasn't it, uh, against Trim. They played Trim in the championship, but their manager, well, they were managerless last week, I believe. They may have sorted that as well since. And Oldcastle went away to Bechtel and did a job on them, 2-17 to 11 points. Yeah, and uh, there was four results there. You got all four right with the uh, uh, walkover included. Um, you picked up the wins against Kilmainham and, uh, sorry, for Longwood and for Drumbarra. I went for Kilmainham and I went for Dundery in both of them games. So I got two out of four and you got four out of four. And uh, yeah, it's that has set up um, some mouthwatering ties in the semi-finals, which we'll be coming to in a couple of minutes of the Cornabonia. Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer, on 046-955-1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. Uh, David, we'll move on now to the Talton Cup. Yeah, we'll start in Group A, Mickey, where some Bridgets fell agonisingly close to a famous win at home against uh, High Flying St Vincent's. It finished St Bridget's 2-6, which is 12 points. St. Vincent's 110, which is 13 points, so one point win for the Vincent's there. I'm, I'm raging, Davey. I, I went for the draw. Remember last week? I was yeah, like, you, you did. I can't, I can't, I can't. St. Bridget's have been my team this year and I can't back against them. I think they'll get a draw. They were so, so close, boys, so close. <laughs> Karen Ross and Unsaney, it turned into uh, a meaningless game in the end, but there was permutations, but Dunsany needed favours. They did their own they held up their own end of the bargain, but it wasn't enough. They beat Karen Ross by 14 points to 1-8, a three-point win. So good bounce back from them following that uh, heavy defeat from for, against Vincent's the week before. Uh, Minolte, speaking of which, they've really turned their season around in recent weeks and they put in a huge performance on Wednesday night in probably the most entertaining game we've seen so far this year. 5-14 it finished, so that's 29 points to Minolte, 3-19 to Kilbride, which is 28 points. So a one-point win for Minolte um, in a really high-scoring and entertaining game there. And the final game in uh, Group A of the Talton Cup was St. Dalton's 1-9, Castletown, a rampant Castletown, 4-11. Yeah, Castletown needing uh, to put down a marker um, and needing the victory as well. Mm. And, uh, you know, considering the, the couple of losses that they had, it's, it's uh, amazing the turnaround that they've had to get uh, true to the semi-final but uh, yeah uh, St. Bridget's I'm still devastated so I'm just devastated for them <laughs> yeah yeah and they've got so close you know that's a couple of weeks in a row now they've got within a point they should have beaten Castletown the week before they yeah. probably should have beaten St. Vincent's last week but they're on the right track you know I, I think at the end of the day they look at the performances they'll be delighted with them how competitive they were in Group A I worried for them at the start you know before a ball was even kicked I thought Group A could be a real um, tricky assignment for them but full credit they've done extremely well Castletown as you say they needed the win and by doing that they've pushed done Zaney out of the qualification spots for the semi-final so Vincent's and Castletown will progress from Group A um, Vincent's go straight to a final yeah. and Castletown are in the semi-final where they will play Boards Mill from Group B Yeah, if we want to go through the Group B results then Davey? Yeah, there was only two games played in Group B as it turned out Mickey and it was my own core town uh, 8 points, Boards Mill 11 points and the other game in the group was Kilmainham Wood 9 points, uh, High Flying Slane 3-13 yeah, and again, a word for Cortown there. Um, you were unlucky, Davey. You had backed yourselves to beat uh, Boards Mill. Hard luck, buddy. I got that result right. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, no, good, good stern performance he's put in against a, a really tough uh, opposition in Boards Mill. 
Yeah, because they've been putting up massive scores, you know, as of late. So for us to, if, if you told us before the game, we'd hold them to 11 points with Danny Dixon back as well. And he was probably the difference between the sides. He was very good, at, at, along with Kyle in the midfield. Um, and we had chances. We must have kicked about nine or 10 wides ourselves. We led at one stage in the second half, seven, six. They went on a run. But for us, as I said last week, this was a great opportunity for us before Championship to play a really decent side. Um, and, and we're pleased enough with the performance. Boards Miller are a good side. And they now go uh, on to play, I think, Castleton in the semi-final. That'll be a really yeah. interesting game, by the really way. Um, a word for Davey Rispin. Um, uh, he scored, what was it, six points? Yeah, and probably hit another six wides, Mickey. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I knew, knew boots and stupidly I didn't get a chance to wear them in. As you know, it's it's uh, it's oftentimes the moral dilemma, but I, I went with them anyway. The, the freeze were perfect. I hit some nice freeze, but geez, I must have hit three or four wides from playing really bad. That's funny. I, I, I love a new pair of boots and I love not wearing them in the really? game. I love putting them on just before a game and I go, yeah. I've got new boots. I can run faster or kick, kick well, it. Well, maybe yeah. run faster, but Jesus I kick straighter as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, And then a couple of weeks later, when I have a bad game with them, I just go, ah, those boots are useless. I need to learn pair. But um, there were, I think there was two walkovers as well in Group B. Was it uh, St Mary's got the walkover from Drumcondrick and Clonard got the walkover from St Paul's? So uh, what that meant was there was eight games uh, essentially in. Um, in the Torching Cup, and we both got seven out of out of eight in that one. Davey, you ended up with sixteen out of nineteen results, right? In the Torching Cup, and I ended up with fourteen out of nineteen. So revo- roles reversed, and normal service has resumed after a, like a, an absolute dream of a week last week for me, only getting two results out of twenty or something like that wrong, and you had fifteen out of twenty. But uh, yeah, it's been really interesting, Davey. Looking ahead to the fixtures now, I don't have. The cup competitions from last year, but this year's cup competitions uh, on Wednesday, the semi-final of the the semi-finals of the Fresh Cup, Dumboyne versus Simonstown, and we have Summerhill versus the Wolf Tones. So two incredible, incredible semi-finals there. I think uh, looking at it, Dumboyne and Simonstown. I obviously have to go for Simonstown, so I'm going to put my name in there beside Simonstown. Davy, your thoughts on this semi-final? I think it's a great semi-final. I think it's a brilliant game for both sides in Park Talton. There'll be a crowd at it as well um, to see exactly where they're at. I think they'll be going all guns blazing for this great opportunity for them uh, to, to get a cup under the possession prior to championship. But I think it's, it's all about Dunboyne for me, Mickey. Um, so I, I just, I kind of like them, as you know. So I'll have to stick stick with them. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, understandably. And look, I, I can understand that. I know that Simonson have never won the Fesh Cup and I know that right. they would love to win the Fesh Cup, but I also know the way Colin O'Rourke operates and while he'll go into this game wanting to win it, he it's not going to be the be-all and end-all, you know, that kind of way. Mm. But he would love to, love to put down a marker. Um, if the lads go out and, you know, perform and put in a big performance, there's no reason why they can't beat Dunboyne. But uh, if they're not on song, and um, Dunboyne are, are, are really flying this year. Second of the semi final sees Summerhill taking on Wolf Tones. I think this game is in trim on Wednesday night at 7 30 as well, Davy Rispin. And uh, again, this is this is a very, very tight one to call. I think that the form here uh, has to go with Tones. So, and they're, they're just scoring goals for fun this year. I'm going to say a Wolf Tones win. Yeah, I'm going to go along with you, Mickey. If you asked me this time last week who I'd fancy, I would have said Summerhill. 100%. I thought they were going well. Um, Wolf Tones were going okay, but the, the defeat for Summerhill against Manalby pitted with um, Wolf Tones' landslide win over Simonstown. You have to go with the form book in this one. Um, again, another terrific semi-final in prospect. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the Tones too. You're sticking with the Tones. So we'll move on now to the Corner Boney semi-finals and we have St. Pat's taking on Oldcastle again Wednesday at 7.30. And um, again, St. Pat's what a resurgence, but I just think that Old Castle might just have too much for them, Davy. Yeah, I agree. I, I think Pats have done extremely well, and for them to get into a semi final of a cup competition on the back of last year's performance, you know, outstanding achievement for them. But I just think Old Castle, I think if, if anybody for me right this moment in time is going to serve it up to trim, Old Castle are probably the only side it could maybe side with. So, um, 
and I'd love to see them playing them in the final too. So <laughs> I, I'm, go, I'm going to say Oldcastle as well, Mick. Well, then, if, if that's what you want to see in the final, St. Michael's take on Trim in the other semi-final, I think you're going to go for a Trim win, as am I. Yeah, we have this in Corton on Wednesday night. Really looking forward to it. Um, I'll be at it. I'll, I'll try and get a couple of interviews and, and see what the crack is with both camps. But as you know, two of my club mates with, with St. Michael's, they've done brilliant as well this year, to be fair. They knocked me till off their purse in the last round of the group. Yeah. They'll be looking at this to, to see exactly where they're at when they play a top-class trim side. First time this year, trim are probably going to have everyone available to them as well. Um, so on that basis, you're right. You can't really look past trim. Yeah, so uh, both of us looking at a Trim and Oldcastle winning their respective semi-finals. The final one is the Talton Cup semi-final between Castletown and Boards Mill. Of course, St. Vincent's uh, awaiting the winners of this uh, of this semi-final. St. Vincent's topped Group A, Castletown were second, and Boards Mill topped Group B. So that's why they're in the semi-final against each other. I'm going to go for a Castletown win here, Davy. I think that they've they've seemed to steady the ship after a couple of rocky results, but I think they'll have enough for Boards Mill. I, I would agree, yeah. Just on the back of playing Boards Mill as well, they're a good side, um, but I know they're trying to juggle the dual aspect as well, which has proven difficult for a number of clubs at the moment. Um, and I just think Castletown, after that little bit of a speed bump, shall we say, they've recovered well, they're going well too. So yeah, I'll go with Castletown. Um, if, you, if you want, Mickey, I have the other three games, Perfect, the outstanding yeah. games from last year, um, and they're all finals as well. So I have the Talta Cup final of 2020, the Fesh Cup final of 2020, and the Cornabonia final of 2020. So we'll start with the Talta Cup final of 2020, and it's between St. Vincent's and Karen Ross, and it takes place Tuesday night coming, which is the 27th of July at half seven in Navan, Park Talton. Um, Mickey, who do you fancy? Yeah, this is, this is an interesting one. Um, you know, Karen Ross are flying this year, but are they going to be looking at trying to win two Talton Cups in the space of a week and a half or whatever? Um, and Karen Ross have stuttered. Are they going to be looking going, this is a great opportunity to get ready for championship? So well, that's obviously the way they're going to have to be looking at it. So it really, I'm going to go for a St. Vincent's win here, but reluctantly, Davey. I, I, I'll be a little bit more convincing, Mickey. I think when you look at the form guide, Vincent's won seven out of seven in, in Group A. Karen Ross finished second from bottom, as it turned out. You know, a couple yeah. of shock defeats to Minaldi in, in the penultimate game in, in, in that group. No Frank O'Reilly. I think he is recovering. I think this game might come a little bit too soon from him. And, and if that's the case, it's hard to look past in Vincent's. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, 100%. And I get that. But I'm just looking at the fact that they've got two finals in quick succession. Mm. Do they want to be more primed for, we'll say, Carlin or Castletown if they were to win? Or, do, or are they... To get to keep the cup, so that, in other words, it, it, for more than five days. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Like So, um, yeah, but like, yeah. we're both going to go for, for St. Vincent's win there anyway. Yeah, next up is the Cornabonia final from 2020. Really, really unique in the sense that Castletown are in it. They were relegated from intermediate last year, so they're competing in the Cornabonia final from 2020, yet they weren't even in the Cornabonia in 2021. But anyway, they play Waterstown on Bank Holiday Monday, the 2nd of August at 1pm in Park Talton. By the way, these games are provisional, and the reason I say that is because the minors are obviously playing at 12 o'clock in Tullamore next Monday, so there is a potential that these games could either be pushed out a couple of days or something, or maybe the times might change. But anyway, it's down for one o'clock on Bank Holiday Monday at the moment. Yeah, um, JD Macaroni. Um, talk to me about this one, Davy. Convince me either way. Well, like Castletown go out and have to play a semi final in the Talta yeah. Cup this week, and then they go and play on Bank Holiday Monday in, in an intermediate final from last year. And could oh. be playing in the the the, the Talking Cup a couple of days later. It could be three games in something like seven days for them. But, you know, it's it's great because they're all semi-finals and finals. They're the type of games you want to be playing. I think, you, I think you have to go. I think you do have to go with Waterstown. I think you do. Um, at the end of the day, they are the intermediate side. There is a grade between them, whether you agree with Castle Emily Jr. or not. That, that's, that's the fact are. of the matter, exactly. Um, and Waterstown have been going okay. You know, they've been really competitive in all of the games and they picked up a few results too. So I'll, I'll just side with them as well. Yeah, we're both going for a Watson win there then. So, um, and the final one, this one could be anything. Uh, it is the Fesh Cup final from 2020 and it takes place on Bank Holiday Monday at 3.45 in Park Dalton. And it is between Gail Column Kill and the Wolf Tones. Yeah, uh, the Tones... The Tones out in uh, the semi-final this Wednesday and then have to play the, the final from last year. Um, 
again, they did, they did the exact same last year. They pipped Simonstown to it last year in the final game, I think it was, uh, or in the semi-final. Um, oh yeah, again, whew, Kells or Tones. This is a, a local derby. This is so hard to call. I think Kells... I'm going to go with Kells. Do you know that? I'm going to go with Kells because... Gail Collin kill Kells because they have... They need something to cling to going into championship. They do, yeah. They do. They absolutely do. God, this is a tough one to call. Um, I, I'm going to stick with the tones because, like, if my train of thought is the way it's going and I think they'll win their oh. semi-final of this year's Fresh Cup, then I would say they'd be going into the final in great stead. The only thing I would say about Gail Collin Gill is they might actually benefit from a week off, you know, just training, getting their heads right and stuff. And uh, look at this game, it, like it, it's a flip, flip of the coin, to be honest, which I think yeah. there's very little between them at this moment in time. I'll just go with the tones. And I'm going to go with uh, Gilcom Kilkel. So there'll probably be a draw. Um, <laughs> it's, it's full. It's, it's, this is, this is result on the day. So there's no draw. Um, yeah, cool. That's, uh, that's interesting. And uh, I think it'll be, uh, there, there, there's some mouth-watering ties to look out for over the next few weeks that might give us an insight into what way championship might start off, you know, which teams are in form and whatever. There's a lot of teams with a good bit of work to do before the championship starts. But, yeah, that's really cool. Have you took a note of all them? Uh, mentally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to listen back and write them down then, so... Lush, beautiful grass shouldn't be limited to GA pitches. At Husqvarna, we have the perfect solution. Silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna Automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, Automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact P.R. Coyne & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in-store in Clonard, County Mead. What we might do then is, uh, that's the results and the fixtures and everything done. Is there any other fixtures that we may have missed or anything? Is, uh, or are we ready to rock on to our uh, lotto segment? I think that's it, Mickey. Yeah, there is obviously Premier Games, but we'll be here till tomorrow if we start uh, listing out those. There, there's another round of Premier next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe when they start getting towards semi-finals and finals, we'll start uh, having a look at them and see who the movers and shakers in the Premier Championships are. JV, uh, moving on then to our lotto segment. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. So our lotto's first up from is Dunshockland and Royal Gales from the 19th to the 7th, which is last Monday. The numbers from were 9, 12, 14 and 24. They had no jackpot winner. They had two match three winners who collected €100 Euro each. Next draw takes place tomorrow, July 26th at half eight, live on Facebook. Uh, 30,000 of a jackpot, 12,400 of a reserve. Um, Manalvi GFC capped at 10 thousand at the moment reserve increase to six thousand two hundred euro monday night you can play online via manalvgfc.e or on the club force app they had 320 euro winners who are Pora Carnan, fear Purcell, and caroline McHale. slain numbers drawn were one five twelve and seventeen twelve hundred euro jackpot not one it rolls on to twelve hundred and twenty five euro next week and um, thank you for your continuous support in both envelopes and on the club force app and um, you can get involved with their week Lotto by following on the Club Force link. Um, my own quarter in GFC, Mickey, we had no winner of a 5,500 euro jackpot, but Gary Coyne, Ger Lochran, Barney Thornton, Killian Byrne, and John Joe Higgins all collected 20 quid each. Emma Wright won the Mayo retro jersey, and Anna Costa was the second trolley dash finalist. The winning numbers were 21, 23, 29, and 30. Next jackpot takes place Friday night. It's 5,600. You can play it at slash lotto. Navin O'Mahony's. Um, their next draw takes place on Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Or sorry, Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Envelopes can be dropped in from 8 p.m. Of course, as you know, Mickey. Um, it <laughs> is 7,700 euro of a jackpot. Um, last week's jackpot of 7,550 quid wasn't won. The win number, w- winning numbers, sorry, were 5, 6, 9 and 21. James O'Malley was the only match three winner. Oldcastle GFC is capped at 12,000 next Wednesday night. Again, on the Club Force app. Ballon Lock GFC... Um, is at three and a half thousand. It's Monday the 26th of July. Uh, Castletown GFC 
last week's winning numbers were 14, 16, 22, and 20. Winning, uh, no winner, sorry, 2,700 euro of a jackpot. There was five 30 euro lucky dip winners who were Josie Meehan, Johnny Duffy, Noel Mead, the trainer, Killian Connor, and Kayla Price, and Pat Poy. Uh, next draw takes place on Tuesday, the 27th at 9 p.m. Gail Column Kill. 12,000 euro of a jackpot wasn't won. They had three match three winners who were Anne Murray, Miriam Byrne and John Harrington. Um, the numbers drawn were 3, 10, 27 and 30. Um, and the next draw takes place on Tuesday night. Still 12,000. Excellent, excellent. And uh, on the Simon's turn end, the things that draw, the draw took place last Friday wasn't win, won. No jackpot winner. Um, and the match three winners were Mia Dunn and Michelle Northey. And um, the next jackpot is 6,350 and that'll take place on Friday night. You can go to Clubs app to do that lotto there. Um, and then the Central Sound lotto um, wasn't won. It's capped at 10,000 and it's next Monday, uh, the 26th. Uh, the draw takes place every Monday evening. And uh, if there's no winner, they have five lucky dip winners for 25 euro each. And the maximum jackpot is 10,000. And you can do that on their smart lotto for both of those lottos. And I suppose for all of the lottos, you can go to their social media pages and I'm sure they all have links, but I know Simonson and Central Sound definitely do. So um, get on there and get in and win. Davey, just on that, um, it's, it's been a less than fruitful uh, maybe 10 weeks for us. It's been a while since we won anything in any of the lotos. I, I, can feel, I can feel big things about to happen for us. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of which, Mickey, I have a word from our sponsor, PR Coin. So Kevin Coin has been in touch from PR Coin and Sons uh, Husqvarna. And he says, PR Coin are hosting a commercial event on Wednesday, the 28th of July in Balnebracchi GA grounds from eight to five. They have installed the latest GPS worked Husqvarna auto mowers on the playing fields recently and will be showing clubs the benefits of both mowers and no wires in the ground. Clubs can also win a free lawnmower who are present on the day worth €1,100. There's a free goodie bag for all in attendance. Um, on a side note, any clubs who do opt for the robotic solution will be given a free auto mower for the club to raffle to generate funds. So that is an absolute must for all me GA clubs, I would say. No, it really is. Like it's it, it's a, a no-brainer and fair play to PR Coin and Sons for, for this because I've seen what they've done over in Balnebracchi. They've put in the three mowers onto the pitch and it, it takes out... so. Uh, to run these is is, is so little um, uh, cost because uh, they, they go back and they charge and the charging ports are, are, are very, very low cost to run. Then there's no maintenance, as in there's no maintenance guy. You don't have to worry about someone to come in and cut the field and take the grass off the field and all this kind of stuff. And the time that it takes to do them, absolutely fantastic. There's, as he said as well, no wires in the ground because it works off GPS. Fantastic, fantastic uh, opportunity. All clubs should look at this and, and get a representative down to Ballinabracchi to get into this, uh, to, to, to see it, number one, but to get into the draw for the, for, the, for the lawnmower. And as he said already, if any clubs sign up to get these lawnmowers for their, these auto mowers for their pitches, they're given an auto mower to raffle off. Um, so they could, they could actually raise the funds for these automores by raffling off a single automore. It's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer for me. I just think it's fantastic. I know that my partner has one, and she's a very very large garden. She uses it, and she hasn't had to cut the grass herself once this year. It's absolutely immaculate, and the garden is like a football pitch. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's just... Uh, uh, I know he is our sponsor, but this is not... I'm not trying to push it because he's our sponsor. This is a no-brainer for all clubs. I really do think that they should get involved and get down there. Davey, will you be going down yourselves? I hope so. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Mickey. Yeah, uh, I think it's Wednesday. It's an all-day event on Wednesday. So even anybody that's passing or anyway in the region on uh, Wednesday should call in and have a chat with Kev because... Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I've seen them in action as well on Balnebracchi. The three of them working away and uh, I have to say the pitch looks fantastic there too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, get on down there to Balnebracchi next Wednesday, a full day event for the Husqvarna uh, Auto Moors uh, for your club. Davey, we'll move on now to Instagram Interactive and uh, with that weather at the moment, 
I'd say lads are finding it very hard to type because they're sweating so much that their iPhones aren't uh, recognizing their thumbs. <laughs> yeah, there is there is definitely a low enough volume of Instagram Interactive this week. John Kelly has made up for it with about six on his own, so we will sort of work our way through them. Um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you three in the first batch because they're all related and then we can dissect it a little bit more. He said, really impressed with German Moriarty for the under-20s versus Dublin. Could be a call-up for the Mead seniors next year. He said, Sean Emanuel and Owen Frayne look like great prospects. Could see them called up for the Mead seniors soon. And his final one on this particular point was Luke Mitchell, also called up by the Mead seniors. Best young free-taker in the county. He was called up, or no, he, no. I, I think he, sh- I think he means he, he should be, or he, he would like. Yeah, to. well, look, I, I think that's natural progression for him. Um, you know, he was uh, instrumental with the under twenties this year. Uh, he, you know, he's he's a he's a huge talent that that will definitely be getting a senior call up at some stage. Um, yeah, a lot of young lads on that minor team that are top quality as well. Um, I don't know about bringing them straight into senior. Um, you know, there's very few players that can just go from minor straight into senior these days. I suppose Clifford is probably the exception to the rule. Trying to think of other players that have done it, that have made the impact. Um, we'll say that Clifford has or whatever, you know, there's very few of them. The game has changed so much. You know, you look back to the likes of your Mark O'Reilly's and stuff that went in at 18 and a half, 19 years of age, straight off a minor team or whatever. And that doesn't really happen anymore because the lifespan of a Gaelic footballer is getting shorter and shorter. So it is all about being in your prime um, condition um, and maximising that for a very short period of time, whereas there used to be longevity to a county footballer. That seems to be changing as well, David. Yeah, very much so, Mickey, I would say. And like, you know, a few of the fellas that he's named there, Sean Emmanuel and Owen Frayne, they both have plenty of football to come before they play with the main senior. So obviously Frayner is going to be yeah. under 20 next year. Sean Emanuel still with the Miners, you know, this year. And then, yeah, fair enough, the likes of Luke Mitchell and Jim and Moriarty could be shouts. Um, yeah. He's followed that up by uh, the next sort of block of things. So, again, I'll come to these. What are the chances of Keen McBride being back next year? Would be a great addition. He says Connor Nash would also be an amazing addition. Any chance he could be back next year or the year after? And he just find, he summarizes that by saying, imagine Mead midfield with the option like Menton, Jones, McBride, Nash, Flynn, and in future, Gray, Emmanuel, and Kinlock. Yeah, look, um, uh, it is a, a massive, massive uh, prospect. Um, I don't know how much of a prospect it is. I think with Keen McBride, there's 0% of a, of a chance of him being around next year because I think his contract, and then it all depends on Conor Nash's contract as well. But, you know, if Nash comes home, I like he loves his Gaelic football, but he loves his rugby as well. And, and he could very easily go in as a winger for Leinster straight away um, if he was to come back. Maybe he'd need to bulk up a bit because he's so trim and so, um, uh, you know, he's, he's just a an unbelievable specimen of a man now and he's turned into a complete athlete um, but yeah like unbelievable and then when you look if they were to be back in the next couple of years and the lads that we've mentioned uh, the likes of your Mint and your Jones and then the lads that are going to come through and the Flynn's and the um, Sean Emanuel's and whatever like we could we could just play a team of midfielders like just <laughs> all these seven foot lads playing uh, from the half back line to the half forward line and, and we'd win every kicker we would we would absolutely um next one is from rob perfield and he said Hughie corcoran sending lads to the shop for milk constantly also the ladies do it again yeah Hughie corcoran doing the same as own frame you know sending lads to the shop the whole time the dummies and the whole lot, like, um, yeah, absolutely class. And another lad that has a huge, bright future ahead of him and so mature. Ladies, just class. Just as we said at the start of the show, like, I just can't believe how good they they are getting week on week. Uh, the, the amount of progress they make week on week. Like, you know, the performance against Cork was absolutely huge. And they didn't rest on that. They were like, they, they used that to go into the next game against Tipperary to grow again. Yes, Tipperary did have their chances and whatever, but this Mead team, this Mead ladies team will fear nobody going forward. Yeah, for sure, Mickey. Uh, the final one I think that's on my radar here is from Joe McQueenie. And he said, be some scramble for tickets for the minor final if they only allow 500 in. 
Yeah, true, there will be. Um, it all depends on, on how many they're going to let into that final. Um, David, do we do we know what they're going to play that Leinster final? Yeah, it's it's in Tullamore on Bank Holiday Monday. Oh, yes, Monday sorry, yeah, yeah, it's in O'Connor, yeah. yeah, in O'Connor Park on Tullamore on the Monday, yeah. So, look, there will be a scramble, but, you know, we just have to wait and see how many they're going to allow into. It would be great if they let a couple of thousand in, because I think, you know, there'll definitely be a couple of thousand meat supporters that would be willing to go down. And the more people we can get down there, the better. Because I, what I've been delighted with this year is the meat supporters that have gone to these games have all got behind the teams that they've been supporting, be it under 20, be it minor or be it the senior team. And the, the way the teams are lifted by the supporters that are going um, and the supporters getting behind the team has been a massive, it's like the 16th man that they speak of. Um, you know, the supporters have been so instrumental as well to these teams this year. I thought, like, you, you can't underestimate the value of having those real supporters at the games cheering on the Mead teams and the lift that that's given all of the Mead teams this year. No, absolutely. I think it makes a marked difference. And, you know, when the team is struggling or when they're, they're going well, you know, the, the supporters are there for every step of the way. And as like you heard Andy McAtee last week when we spoke to him, you know, he says we have a loyal, suppose, band of supporters who get behind the team. And it's not just at senior level. It's the same for the hurlers. It's the same for the footballers, same for the ladies, same for the camogues. You know, they're, they're, they really are invaluable. And I think it's no coincidence that the results, I would say, on the main have picked up since the supporters have been able to return in some sort of capacity as well. You call them the loyal royals, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but like yeah, my the point I'm making is that you know it's 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 the positivity they're bringing. Yeah. You know they're not role abusive players and whatever. They're getting behind the players and they're supporting them. That's what they're doing. They're supporting them, and and I think that the you know that's something we haven't seen for a long time at meet games, or maybe uh, there wasn't enough of of that at Mead games or maybe they were outnumbered by Mead supporters who weren't cheering on the team but the team the, the supporters that are going to these games these days are really cheering them on and it's bringing a positive note to 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 the Mead supporters and to the Mead football team and I I, I, I just think you got to get behind the team and the Mead supporters this year really have yeah very much so and long may it continue Mickey hopefully from a Mead standpoint, there might be more than 500 let into O'Connor Park next Monday because it is one of the nicest stadiums in Leicester and it is most definitely able to accommodate more than 500. But we shall see. Hopefully there is a few more because there'll be big demand for those tickets. Yeah, there will be. There'll be huge demand and, and we hope uh, that Carlo Brick and the lads um, can put in a massive performance against the old foes, the Dubs, uh, next Monday and uh, hopefully... There are plenty of supporters there to see that game. Um, Davey, have we anything else there now from um, Instagram? That's it, make it. That's it from Instagram. So that's it from myself and Davey. So we are me. Why matters more.